leave, so I'm going to do a 10-minute intro, and that'll take you right to the back. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Cause I'm TNT, I'm dynamite. TNT, and I will not fight. I was hoping if we could restart so I could make sure everybody out there knows. Hey, everybody out there, it's the Andrea K. Show. We're about to go live here on Facebook. Hope you guys are tuned in. we got an amazing show for you. we got Sebastian Gorka. Gerard Lamero is going to be here. So get ready. Here comes the AK Show. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. She's blonde, five foot two. And 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea Kay. Cause I'm TNT, I'm dynamite. TNT, and I will not fight. TNT, I'm a power load. TNT, watch me explode. <laughs> that just never gets old. Hopefully, I'm going to be able to continue to use that intro for a while. I am just so excited to be here with you all via Facebook Live, by the way. It's always an honor to share this time with you all, especially none other than DJ Lumberjacks, Carrot Sticks. Yeah, I got the flannel on again today. (laughs) Got the flannel going, even though it's going to be like 80 at the coast. But, you know, we got the AC happening here in the studio. We got so much happening on today's Andrea K. Show Got an amazing lineup of guests and topics. Some topics that actually you're not hearing in the mainstream media news because so many of you are saying, you know what, every time I turn on, whether it's, you know, any any of the alphabets or just any of the major cable news networks, it's the same stories <clears throat> all day long. And they want to hear some new stuff. And we have that for you on tonight's Andrea K Show. But I got to begin with a cliche. And you know what? I hate cliches, but I think they become cliches because it's true. And the one that's resonating for me as I was on my way into the studio is the more things change, the more they stay the same. Um, The American people spoke. The American people voted for change. And I'm not talking about that vague, hopey, changey crap that was going on in 2008. I'm talking real change, America. The American people saw a bold, fearless, out-of-the-box candidate who ran a bold, fearless campaign, who said stuff nobody else had the guts to say, who indicted both parties and establishment, anybody who wasn't doing right by the American people. He called them out on it. He said the government in the United States of America is, they're horrible, they've done a horrible job, they're letting the American people down, and we're going to do things different. And and Donald Trump is doing everything he can to bring real change, to give the government back to the people, because that's what the American people said they wanted. And that's what had been failed them, false promises by both parties. So here we, we're, we're in a situation right now to where we've still got a Republican Party doing everything they can to try to hold on to power. 
you look at what's going on with the, the Obamacare 2.0 or Rhino Care or Trump Care or Obamacare Light, and what's really going on here? Why do we have factions within the party fighting? Because this is what's been going on inside the Repu- Republican Party. We've got the leadership of the Republican Party, the establishment that's got a heck of a lot more in common with the Democrats than they do with the conservatives and what this Republican Party was supposed to be about, and that's limited government and government for the people, free markets, individual responsibility and individual freedom. So it's really, but, but the establishment is, is really fighting to maintain power. And really that's what the Republican Party establishment has been about. That's why they keep putting up moderates and rhinos and, and failing on promises because they don't really believe in limited government. And free markets and individual freedom. They believe in big government. They just want to be the ones in control of it. Meanwhile, you got the conservatives saying, hey, wait a second. This is not what the people voted for. This isn't the people were not clamoring for the Republicans to be in control of one sixth of our economy in the healthcare system. I've got Gerard Lamero is going to be here and he's, he's he says that we got a lot to be encouraged and there's too much confusion about the Obamacare situation. So hopefully he's going to make me feel better about it because what I see right now is. Trump representing change, but there's too much of the same old, same old happening right now. And I don't really understand how the same people who could vote for Donald Trump and draining the swamp continue to vote for the swamp dwellers, whether it's Lindsey Graham or John McCain or Paul Ryan. I mean, how could you vote for the same? We're talking about not just swamp dwellers. We're talking about the worst of the swamps. See, we Cajuns, we'll, we'll like eat anything on the land, okay, to survive, out in the swamps, there's this one thing that a Cajun won't eat, and that's a swamp rat. That's nutria. And you can put, put lipstick on that swamp rat, but it's still a swamp rat. And that's what we got with that leadership. And I don't understand. And they're not, and it's not just about Obamacare. Also, what is, what is the GOP establishment doing? Not only trying to maintain their power base through control, a centralized government control over our healthcare system, but they're trying to maintain their power by undermining Donald Trump. You look at what John McCain and others are doing with continuing to push the false narrative that the Donald Trump campaign and administration has been colluding with the Russians. Are you kidding me? On top of it, they're coming out and attacking him for suggestions that there might be surveillance and illegal wiretapping going on. Meanwhile, we've got a Democrat, Kucinich, who came out and said, hey, you know what? Heck yeah, I think Donald Trump's onto something because it happened to me in 2011. The man was illegally wiretapped. There was no FISA warrant. See, we got Lindsey Graham on the O'Reilly Factor last night saying, we're going to do what we can to find the truth to the American people. And if there was a FISA warrant, we'll find out. As though that's just the, the truth. That unless We're going to find out the truth lies in a FISA warrant. There was no FISA warrant for Kucinich. Because he said it was illegal. And how did he find out about it? Two years after office, out of, when he's out of office, a media outlet notifies him of it. And O'Reilly did not bother to ask him about a FISA warrant because O'Reilly didn't want the truth either. We even had Congressman Chaffetz, I saw on a Fox on Outnumbered a few days ago, saying, hey, I know that there's illegal surveillance going on because 40 agents illegally surveilled me, he said, and nobody was held to account for it. Why is the Republican Party demanding proof from Trump and completely ignoring the lawlessness of the Obama administration because they're in bed because it's a one-party system. At least that's what they want. We got Kus- we got Kasich out of Ohio whispering in Trump's ear, and we gotta expand this Medicaid. You know, we just you know he's all concerned that that both parties are going away and being diminished. Well, yeah, you know what? 
Kasich, that's exactly what the voters said. They said they're, they're tired of both of these parties. He's continuing to yammer for Medicaid expansion. Mr. Amnesty, who's involved in Medicaid expansion? Who's benefiting from that the most? The illegals in this country. So, yeah, the more things change, the more they stay the same right now, at least for now. Because there is real change, a real change maker in the White House, and that's Donald Trump. Now, getting back to expectations, uh, if you're just tuning in, by the way, this is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. Uh, we're talking about the more things change, the more they stay the same. There is a real change maker. Now, do I think that Donald Trump's change is going to be exactly how he expressed it when he was on the campaign trails. Is it going to look exactly like he said? No, I don't believe so. Because we all knew that there was still the swamp rat roaming around D.C. We knew that. So I, I think, and I did a show, I think, early after the election, which I talked about expectations. And we need to have reasonable expectations, even on a change maker, even on somebody as fearless and as bold as Donald J. Trump. We need to have the right expectations on that. Because I don't think he's going to be able to do everything. It's just impossible that he's going to be able to do everything exactly how we said. But we need to support him because one thing I know absolutely for sure, do I know absolutely for sure that Trump Tower was wiretapped? No, I don't know that for sure. But I believe it was. I I don't have to see it happening to believe that it was. One thing that I do know for sure is we are a heck of a lot better off right now than we would be if we were looking at the next four years of a Hillary Clinton presidency. I don't want to hear any more Republicans coming out and accusing Trump of being slow on, you know, hiring people and on this and that, any criticisms. We are so much better off with Donald J. Trump as president than we would be with Hillary because whether or not the confirmation of Gorsuch happens in the next week, the next hour, or the next 10 days, we are going to have a far more conservative Supreme Court than we would have had under Hillary Clinton. And whether or not, we're going to talk to Sebastian Gorka when we come back about uh, the fight for jihad. Whether or not the travel ban's going to, you know, remain. Hawaii's filed a lawsuit against that with the stupidity, worrying about people's feelings. Oh, we got to worry about tourism over in Hawaii. Well, you know, I I guess they don't care if a tourist's head gets whacked off, you know, as long as they, you know, get, get the revenue at a restaurant over there. I don't even know what these people in Hawaii are yammering about. What we do know is that even if Donald Trump is not able to, and, and with Sebastian Gorka's help, get every aspect of his war on jihad in place for the American people, we're going to be a heck of a lot safer with Donald J. Trump as president. So my criticisms, as we go forward in the show, any criticisms I, I outlay involving Obamacare or anything else, it doesn't mean I don't support my man, Donald Trump. I've got reasonable expectations, but we need to push back against the establishment who's doing everything that they can to undermine him. And we need to encourage President Trump to push back against them as well and to remember the promises that he made. He's got a really tough task ahead of him. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have Dr. Sebastian Gorka back on the Andrea K. Show. It's his first time since he went to work at the White House, so stay tuned. Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. spelled K-A-Y-E. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. 
Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hatley of the Hatley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. I am so excited for today's show. Fan favorite Andrea K Show. I think he's pretty much the all-time fan favorite now. I think he's overtaken Brigitte Gabriel and even Diamond and Silk at this point. Back for the first time since he went to work at the White House. Fan favorite and hero of mine. Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Hey, Dr. Gorka, welcome back on the Andrea K. Show. Uh, thanks for having me back. That's an introduction. Uh, my father would have been proud of and my mother would have believed. Uh, <laughs> um, well, and speaking of your family, you know, I read a, an amazing article. I encourage my listeners to go read. It was uh, from Real Clear Politics that talked a little bit about your family and some information that I didn't know about him. You come from some amazing heroes and, and what your father went through was truly, uh, I've, I've got, I've got gooseies and goose pimples right now with thinking about it. Do you mind sharing that real quick about him and, and the, the, the scars you saw on his wrist? Sure. Uh, it's actually the, uh, the, my, the first chapter of my book, Defeating Jihad, uh, talks a little bit about my family's background. So my parents uh, grew up uh, in Hungary um, during the war. They lived under the, the Nazi takeover of Budapest and then the communist takeover. And my father, as a 20-year-old college student, decided to resist and created a secret underground organization to spy on the communists and send information out to the West about how they were taking over Hungary. Uh, unfortunately, he was betrayed from London by Kim Philby, one of the worst traitors during the Cold War, was arrested at the age of 20, given a life sentence, tortured in prison, hung uh, backwards from his wrist, tied by wire to a, a pipe in the uh, ceiling of a cellar uh, in the, uh, the secret police headquarters in Budapest. And then um, he was uh, finally liberated in the revolution of 1956, made it out to the West with the daughter of one of his fellow prison mates, a 17-year-old young girl, and that woman became his... Um, wife and my mother. Mm-hmm. Wow. It must hearing your stories and reading your stories it, it it makes me think how incredibly painful it must be to be the target of the left's attacks on you as anti-semitic. Well, you know, it's 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 desperation on on behalf of of uh, our enemies really. Uh, you look at what the administration has been through in just the last 7 weeks and when you can't argue with a group of people based on the issues, then you just resort to charges of racism, you know, these absurd accusations of white supremacy or anti-Semitism. I mean, my father chronicled in his memoirs how he walked past Nazi tanks, uh, escorting his Jewish friends to school who were wearing the yellow star of David to protect them as a child. That's mm. what my father did. Wow. Uh, my book wow. is about 
how Israel is our strongest ally in the region and a bulwark of the um, values we hold sacred against the global jihadi movement. So, you know, people who use those charges against me, I just say, you know, bring it on. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, it means nothing to me because my father was tortured by the kinds of totalitarians yeah. that you accuse me being a representative of. So it's basically just the desperation on behalf of those who uh, don't want to recognize what happened on November the 8th. Yeah, but, you know, and, and I congratulate you for being fearless enough to, to not let that bother you and to continue on with your work. And so um, it, it's got to have been hard for your family. However, you find yourself, um, I, is it worth it? I mean, here you are, an immigrant who came to this country legally. I think, you, I think you're more American than half the Americans I know who were born here. In fact, a great quote that I saw that somebody said to you, Seb, you've got to understand you were always an American. You were just born in the wrong place. Tell us a little bit about the place that you find yourself working in right now, because talk about goosebumps. I get goosies when I think of you working in the government and the in the White House of the greatest country in the world. What is that like? <laughs> uh, it's a dream. Uh, it's every day I pinch myself as I'm walking in and out of the West Wing. As, you know, yesterday I bump into one of our cabinet members as he's coming for a, a meeting and we stop in the corridor uh, as we bring, you know, Green Berets to visit the National Security Council and then we get them to have you know, half an hour with the president in the Oval Office. It's you know, only in America. I mean, mm-hmm. I grew up in Europe. I, I grew up in the UK. I lived in Hungary for more than a decade. The idea that an immigrant who's been here less than a decade can end up uh, working on national security issues in the White House, that's America. And that's why I'm so incredibly grateful for everything this, this country represents. Well, we are grateful to you. In fact, I'm grateful to find out that you were one of the people behind changing the dialogue, which I think is really important. So many people said, well, what does it matter if the Obama administration and in the war against jihad and all of our documents and Department of Homeland Security and, and the way that they were training all the different intelligence and law enforcement agencies, what does it matter whether or not they used words like Islamic terrorism or Islamic jihad or any of that? Uh, but you made sure that when President Trump gave the joint address to Congress, that he used those words. Tell everybody why it's so important that we we change the dialogue and we change the words that we use and, and what you guys are working on, because my, I also understand that you're <clears throat> involved in long-range planning versus, you know, putting fires out. Tell everybody where Donald Trump is at and why that's important, the changes that you're making in this war on terror. Look, I, I didn't make the president use that phrase. The president's been using that phrase for over a year now on the campaign trail and, and everything we do truly is, is a team effort. Uh, but this is crucial. It's, it's absolutely crucial. The, the idea that we've had eight years in which politics has been censoring our threat assessments and even our intelligence products has led to the kinds of disasters we've seen around the world. I mean, the denial of who the enemy is and how they use religious narratives to recruit their jihadists that's led to today, even the United Nations admitting we have 65 million refugees in the world. That's more refugees than we had in 1945 at the end of World War II. It's horrific. If you look mm-hmm. at the, 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 the fires that have been ignited in every part of the globe, whether it's Africa, the Middle East, whether you look at what's going on 
um, all over the planet where people are being recruited, the disasters, the attacks in Brussels, in Paris, in Nice. So, you know, we, we're just signaling the president is sending a very, very clear message that we are not going to allow politics. We're not going to allow ideology mm-hmm. to paint or try to distort reality. When the enemy says he is a jihadi, you don't get to change that because you don't like how that sounds. So it's, it's, it's rule number one. Uh, if you want to win a war, you have to know who you are and what you represent. And secondly, as Sun Tzu said more than 2,000 years ago, you have to know who the enemy is. And we are prepared to talk truthfully about who the enemy is. Well, and you're also prepared to stop doing everything that you can to stop the enemy from coming here. So President Trump got stopped with his first executive order uh, with nonsense, basically giving the Bill of Rights to, you know, non-citizens around the world uh, with that uh, lawsuit that happened out of Washington. And now we got Hawaii that's chiming in on the latest round of the executive order saying that it's just going to hurt people's feelings. Dr. Gorka, there's a there. I guess there's a Syrian grandmother whose feelings are hurt that she doesn't get to come to Hawaii. You know uh, that to me, the use of feelings is is a really dangerous weapon that the left is using against us in this fight. Well, but it's a classic one, and this is what we have to understand as conservatives that. The the, the, the the Democrat Party of today is not the Democratic Party of your father or your grandfather. I mean, John F. Kennedy would not be allowed to join the Democrat Party today because the Democrat Party of old uh, was actually like the Republican Party that it started with an analysis of reality. It, it ended up with different recommendations on what to do, but it started with reality. Today, the Democrat Party has been captured by a radical left the, the, the leftovers of the failed, you know, student revolutions of the 1960s and 70s. And they, they have resorted to emotion. They, they realize that it's much quicker to get people on side when you try and uh, tug on their heartstrings, when you use uh, emotive arguments, not factual ones, which on the, on the short term, yes, it's efficacious when you're building a base, but on the long term is incredibly detrimental to the U.S. national interest. We aren't here about you know, the, the, the survival of the republic isn't about your feelings as an individual. The survival of the republic is based upon reality. Do we have jobs? Is the economy growing? Are we safe? Are we preventing the kinds of things that we see happening in Europe from happening here in the United States? That has nothing to do with your mm-hmm. feelings. Right. That has to do with facts. And that's, what, that's why we brought these executive orders, to protect Americans mm-hmm. from the threat that is real. Uh, speaking of threats and, and efforts to undermine, there are many people, um, many high-profile people like Jay Sekulow who are saying that there is a deep state shadow government happening, doing everything that they can uh, to undermine President Trump. Uh, what, what, what do you feel comfortable sharing to, to help us feel comfortable that nobody is going to undermine President Trump and, and defeat his efforts and undermine his presidency? Well, I, I, if you look at the, uh, what's happened today, the latest statements out of the White House, Um, I'm not going to use labels that could lead to conspiracy theories, but the fact is, if you look at the behavior of the media, if you look at the kinds of things that have been leaking, even from the intelligence community into the mainstream media, uh, there is an issue, there is a problem. There are individuals who simply do not wish to recognize that the American people, through the Electoral College system, which is our system here in the American Republic, chose President Donald Trump to be the commander-in-chief. That is not a matter of opinion. That is the political truth of what we live in today. And certain individuals don't wish to recognize that that in itself 
is very, very problematic because it undermines the veracity and the traditions of our political system, which have been going strong now for more than 200 years. And that is simply a statement of fact. Yes. Well, there are many people within the Republican Party who view that that part of the effort to undermine the shadow government is involving other Republicans. And it, it, and it concerns people that, that it might make it, make it difficult for those working in the White House to know who's a friend and, and who's really got their back. Well, look, I, I, you know, this is, this is all going to shake itself out. I think the replacement for the uh, so-called Affordable Care Act, that discussion will, will help uh, reshape the landscape and we will see uh, who are those who share a vision uh, of the, the future of America that comports with what the president wishes to see happen. Because, you know, MAGA, Make America Great Again, wasn't just a, a catchy bumper sticker. It is what the president believes. I can assure you, I've watched him. I've seen him behind closed doors. His, his vision is not an ideological one. It's very important to understand. This isn't an ideological uh, uh, individual. This isn't an ideologue. His, uh, his approach is an attitudinal one. And his attitude is excellence. Uh, you saw this in his career. You saw this with regards to his company. And now he's doing the same for America. It is reinstilling excellence, not just in behavior, but in also in performance in the United States. And, and that's going to be the marker, whether you're a Republican, whether you're a Democrat, whether you're an independent. You know, the question is, do you wish America to uh, espouse the values of excellence again? And if you do, uh, please join our team. Uh, well, thank you so much for, for joining me on my show today, Dr. Gorka. I wish I had more time with you, but I understand that you've got a skedaddle, and I just thank you so much. I'm so honored that you came on the show. And gosh, I'm getting goosies again because I know that you're calling in um, from you know the, the headquarters of the greatest country in the world. And I thank you for what you're doing, and I thank you for loving America and being willing to, to, to fight for us. And, and thank you so much, and have a great rest of your day. Thank you kindly. God bless. All righty. Okay, we are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk to Gerard Lamero, who's going to pick up the conversation about Obamacare and what's really happening. He says there's too much confusion, particularly with the CBO report that came out, which I think is as predictable as the Long Island medium. So, you know, you tell me, though. So don't go anywhere. we got more Andrea K. Show coming right back up. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea K, spelled K-A-Y-E. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hatley of the Hatley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back 
to the Andrea K Show. I'm not really sure what all music DJ Lumberjack Carrot Sticks is playing today for my bumpers. You know I like a smooth groove, baby. What is that? What are you playing over there? It's the smooth sounds of generic bumper music. <laughs> That's the AK Power Team. Keeping it honest right here. Shimo Nelly. Anyway, what I should have done is ask my next guest. He's been on the Andrea K. Show. I don't know how many times. When am I going to finally get a signature bumper songs for my guy, Gerard Lamero, who's been on? He always keeps it positive. We got to think of something positive for Gerard. Hey, Gerard, welcome back to the show. Oh, great to be back with you. Okay, so Gerard, there's all kinds of, I was so glad to see your article because it was upbeat and positive, of which you always are. You were one of the people saying Trump was going to win and we were going to restore this country back to the people. It was great news for America. You've been saying that for a long time. You were right. And that's one reason why you're my guy to reach out to about Obamacare, because I'm hoping you're right when you've got this great article that, that I want to make sure everybody knows where to go to read it, where you're talking about the confusion over Obamacare and what's the reality. Okay, so here's what... People like me are thinking about this Obamacare and you can uh, Obamacare replacement, Obamacare 2.0. You can tell me where I'm wrong. It looks to me, Gerard, like it's Obamacare, the house. In fact, I think it was Tom Cotton who used a house as an analogy, said it's the same structure, same bones, same framing, and maybe they're just changing the wallpaper. Well, I don't think it's quite that bad. Uh, and I don't think it's going to end badly. I think it's going to end on a positive note. Uh, but I will tell you this. There are different ways to go about repealing and replacing Obamacare. Everybody knows it's got to go. I mean, it's going to go bankrupt. It's going to close up. The exchanges are going to be non-existent. I mean, anything can go wrong has already or will. Obamacare is a nightmare, right? Yeah. And we all agree with that. The key is how do you um, <clears throat> change it for the better? And there are different approaches. Uh, for example, Jim Jordan has said, why not do what we did in 2015, put up a bill that just plain, you know, says null and void. You know, one-page bill, something like that, that said Affordable Care Act, I should say the Unaffordable Care Act, mm -hmm. is hereby null and void. Completely wipe it out in one stroke of the pen. And that could be done. And in many ways, I personally prefer that because I think it's clean. Right. Uh, on the other hand, uh, uh, because of the complexities of Congress and maybe their lack of uh, uh, firepower, so to speak, you know, they're they're a little bit on the timid side. Uh, the House and the Senate, in general, they they seem to worry so much about what the media thinks about them that they're thinking, oh, we'll do this in three phases. We will knock out the the uh, taxes and the mandates first. And we're going to do, like, uh, cross-state competition later, and we're going to do some other things later. So they want to break it up into three parts, uh, possibly done over a period of uh, one or two months. And I say, why waste the time and do it that way? Why not pass it right away and get on to tax, uh, tax cuts and other things? But that being said, uh, we know that uh, Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell tend to be, uh, you know, not particularly stellar in leading everybody, you know. I mean, they're good people. I, I don't doubt it. Uh, they have good hearts and and have shown that in many ways. But uh, this is kind of uh, Obamacare repeal, but a little bit on the slow side. Well, and the, and that I think is partly why so many people are concerned because we're expected to put trust in Paul Ryan, who's an establishment, who basically, you know, the establishment. Donald Trump got elected because the establishment's been f making promises f 
that they failed to deliver on. So I don't think anybody, I don't think Paul Ryan has the trust to come out and do a Pelosi and say, you got to pass phase one to see what's in phase two. Then you got to pass phase two to see what's in phase three. You know, in fact, it's too much, as I said at the open of my show, you know, the more things change, the more they say, stay the same. It just looks more like, you know, a smoke and mirrors, Republican party, you know, making promises that they don't intend to keep, you know, and, and particularly when he, his excuses for it is, well, we don't have the votes or the Senate rules, the bird rule. Well, Robert Byrd's been dead how long? You you have the control right. of the Senate. Change the rules in the Senate. You know, and, and it just, when, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't smell, it's not passing the smell test. The yeah, And the American people did not clamor for you know, the, the provisions, more subsidies, they didn't clamor for government control. What happened to, in my perception is the American people thought, okay, we'll give Obamacare a chance. That's why he even got reelected in 2012 because they hadn't felt the pain of it yet. Then when it hit, the light bulb went off and the American people said, oh yeah, now we understand why income redistribution schemes don't work. Why all it does to have government intervention, why the end result is always just increased cost for everybody. And there's nothing in right now that fixes any of that in the bill. Trump came out and he said yesterday, what we're going to do is we're going to lower cost, we're going to expand choices, and we're going to ensure coverage. I don't see anything in anything that they've proposed so far that delivers that. But no, what we're supposed to do is trust that down the road, phase two and phase three is going to have it with no explanation for why they can't do that now. Well, that's why I think American people have to keep the pressure on their representatives. Uh, you know, the CBO, everybody's uh, talking about the CBO report and all of that. The CBO is establishment Washington swamp. You know, let's face it, they've been so far wrong in the past uh, that uh, how can you believe them? Newt Gingrich had a good idea. He said, why don't we forget the CBO altogether? We don't have, they don't have a good track record. And why don't, uh, why don't we go out, Congress, and hire five outside professional firms that are credible and let them make better estimates of the costs and the benefits and score bills through, if you will, outsourcing rather than use the CBO that doesn't have a good track record. And by the way, one comment on the CBO's report, their big claim, you know, the big dramatic claim that 14 million Americans will lose health care under AHCA. Well, guess what? Uh, they are eliminating the individual mandate. That's a given. That means people are not forced to get it. And those 14 million people, I think, are largely millennials who don't want health insurance because they don't get sick. Why should they pay a lot? Well, yeah, you know, so there. The first of all, I agree with you on the CBO. Their accuracy is about as good as Nostradamus, who predicted that California was going to fall off into the ocean. You know, these are the same people. Oh, we supposedly had to have Obamacare because forty million Americans out of three hundred million didn't have insurance. Um, okay, well, their best prediction, the CBO's most optimistic prediction, was that twenty-two million would end up on Obamacare. Last reports, it was ten point four. Well, that means that 290 million Americans are kind of doing okay right now. I mean, there's there was no crisis here. This was all about government control, and you know that the man. Uh, what I do differ with you though on is on the mandate because I think that that there is a mandate of sorts in the form yeah. of if you let your insurance lapse and you go to get it, 
Now you just got to pay a penalty. I've heard of up to $3,000. Well, shouldn't I have the choice? Again, that's about go- that's about government control. You're just you're just changing the wallpaper there. The, you're right. They're, the people that will come off of it will probably be because of choice because we should not be in a situation where we're being forced to buy any product. And I don't think it compares to auto insurance because I'm only required to carry auto insurance to protect somebody else's car that I damage. If I total my own car and, you know, beyond um, fixing somebody else's, that's on me. That, you know, so I don't think the auto insurance, uh, you know, comparison makes makes sense either. I, you know, I think that what they should do is just full repeal. Um, those, you know, what would happen if we had full repeal? I bet the insurance companies currently taking money from people for insurance would keep taking their money. In fact, there might be the uh, the companies that left states like California might come back. You know what, people, you know, let, let the free market sort it out. And the government, if they want to subsidize people with pre-existing conditions, it'd be cheaper just to do that. And then take a look at this Medicare expansion and, and make sure that people show citizenship before they get any Medicaid. I think that's great. And I, and I actually do agree with you. It is an indirect mandate, but it's, it's loose enough to where the millennials can sit it out. And, and that's why they're going to lose people. But I think probably a really good plan, kind of a, a different approach, uh, but it, it, it sort of takes into effect some of what they want to do here, would be simply uh, repeal it effective 60 days from now. And then once you've done that, Everybody knows it's gone. Everybody's got 60 days to implement. So the insurance companies can roll over their plans, change their coverages, change their premiums, and then immediately uh, do a bill uh, that puts in the free market uh, uh, principles that we want to have in there in a real free market for health care insurance and health care. And I think that could be done in a one-two step right. uh, that's pretty clean as well. Uh, you know, you you don't have to end it the day you, you sign the bill. You could give right. them 60 days right. to sort of transfer everybody to a free market version of the current plan they're on. Absolutely. And I'd like to, I'd like to have an insurance option to wear kind of like my homeowners. You know, I don't have an insurance policy that covers every time I got a leaky faucet. A runny nose. You know, I do it I do it for catastrophic. Everything else I pay out of my pocket, you know, and it keeps the cost of my insurance down and it covers me in the eventuality that I've got catastrophic. And oh, by the way, I don't have to cover my next door neighbor's roof and worry about whether or not they're bothering to maintain their own property, you know, i.e. smoking cigarettes or, or, you know, having, you know, self-inflicted, you know, onset adult onset diabetes. You know, so I I think that, you know, we just, the Republican Party, um, but at the end of the day, I'm going to wrap it up here because I got to get going. I agree with you as you wrap your article, and I want you to tell everybody where they can read your stuff, that I think you say that it's going to take years for the benefits of a free market health care to kick in. So again, we got to get back to expectations. Um, but you think it's coming soon that the insurance system will improve. So there's reason. Tell everybody, wrap up with an optimistic reason for why everybody should feel better, at least, with where the Republican Party's going. Well, I think that uh, they basically do want what's good. Uh, they're, they're very timid, a little shy. They need Trump to push them harder because everybody knows the end goal. But what's going to happen? Costs are going to go down. Premiums are going to go down. Co-payments are going to go down. Deductibles are going to go down. It's going to take a while for the insurance companies to produce all their new plans and start competing across state lines, but it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I predict that this will happen. It's going to take two years, I believe, to get the full benefit. You get the doctors who went into retirement coming back to practice. You get people uh, creating new methods and new approaches, like where you have very low cost 
uh, premiums, and the doctors do all the work themselves. They awesome. don't they outsource it to people. There are all sorts of creative ideas out there, all sorts of innovations waiting to take place. Mm-hmm. When they cut the regulations, they cut the $6 billion in taxes that are going to go. Mm-hmm. It's going to be phenomenal. Absolutely. And you know what we're also going to see is more jobs because people don't have that, that lid over them. Well, I'm not going to hire the 50th employee because let's, look what's going to happen to me. So it's also going to end up resulting in, in job Two creation. Million. Two million new full-time jobs mm-hmm. uh, when you get rid of the Obamacare payroll tax and the the Obamacare unearned income tax. That's phenomenal. Two million more jobs to add to all those others, Exxon and, and all those other folks are producing. Awesome. Well, I think you're phenomenal. If you want to read it, they want to read my article, greatnewsforamerica.com. I got a hundred web pages, give or take. There's lots to read for free. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on here for free. Didn't have to pay you. Thanks, Gerard. That's right. Free enterprise. <laughs> free enterprise. All right, Gerard. Thanks so much. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to shift gears. We're going to talk about some stories that kind of you may not even be seeing or hearing about in the mainstream media. There's so much more going on in the world besides what Paul Ryan is up to. Although it's fun to like take Jack. I need to give me a little Paul Ryan voodoo doll. Anyway, don't go anywhere. More Andrea K. Show coming right back up. Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. spelled K-A-Y-E. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hatley of the Hatley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. A little rock music happening there. Hey, I heard a study. Speaking of stories that not everybody is covering, I heard, this may come as a shock to you, DJ Lumberjack, but um, did you know that listening to like rock music while you're working out actually helps you like be a little bit more motivated and work out a little bit harder than say like... Um, I would assume so. I mean, well, Beethoven right. doesn't really get me hyped up on the elliptical. <laughs> exactly. So now you know, in case you in case you couldn't figure it out on your own. Thank goodness the study was done. Let's just hope that no taxpayers' dollars was involved in that study. Um, I got a caller on the line who says he's got a story he wants to give uh, and and share. We, you know, it seems that I don't have my entertainment reporter Della B with me this week. But you know how she loves to call in and bust Hollywood for all their shenanigans and their ridiculousness going on up in La La. And I'm sure sure that y'all saw that Shia LaBeouf, if, if you don't know who he is because he hasn't done a movie that made any money at least in a long time, uh, if you don't know who he is, you might remember that he was the actor that you know acted a fool and gotten some at a rally or something somewhere. So I got a caller on the line that's got a little update. Eric Ballou, what's up? 
Hey, hey, Andrew K. How you doing, love? I'm good. Now, what's happening? First of all, you found this on something called 4chan. Now, tell everybody what oh, yeah. 4chan is because that's kind of a new outlet that people are looking at for, for stories well, and crazy stuff. I'll tell you this. Uh, 4chan, is, it's been around for a long time. It's, a, it's actually an old image sharing board, um, and it's broken in different categories. One of them is called Poll, which is politically incorrect. And people post on this thing from literally all over the world. It's, it's actually incredibly diverse. And if you're a fan of Reddit, the Donald, um, what's kind of interesting is, is is a heavy amount of the content that you see on the Donald actually originates from 4chan. Okay. So um, while during my searches of the underbowels of the Internet, I found just <laughs> an amazingly wonderful story that I tell you about. So on, uh, I think it was uh, January 19th or whatever it was when uh, Trump took office, um, Shia LaBeouf went out and set up these live stream cameras and he stands out in front of him and he's screaming, yelling, Thomas Jefferson, yada, yada. And, um, well, the, the 4chan people being the internet trolls that they are, they, they jump onto this thing quite quickly and they send out their people in person to mess with Shia LaBeouf during his live streams. And every time he's done this, he, he you know, the, uh, the 4chan guys send their people out. So um, he gets fed up with it. He's been arrested, you know, for assaulting one of them. He gets fed up and decides that he wants to hide his flag. And he does. And he starts up the Internet stream. And you see this flag rose up and it says he will not divide us. And the only thing in the background is a blue sky. Well, the guys on 4chan... They're watching the internet stream and they're listening to the internet stream, and one of them starts paying attention to which way the airplane contrails are going. Okay. At this point, <laughs> they start looking at radar maps across the entire country, and that evening after this live stream, then they start looking at star charts. Okay. And they narrow it down to any, he could have placed a thing anywhere in the country. They narrow it down to somewhere in Tennessee. Okay. At this point, they send out one of their guys in a car, and he's honking his horn, and they're listening for it through the live stream, and they hear the horn. Then the guy gets out, and he starts wandering around. He sees a, you know, a white staff in the distance, and there it is. He has found this hidden flag that Shia LaBeouf has put out there, you know, this live streaming, <laughs> he will not divide us. He takes down the flag, and he runs up a Make America Great Again hat with a Trump T-shirt up the flag, live on the Internet. It is just unbelievably hilarious. Well, and the most startling fact about this, it only took the guys on 14, 17 hours to scour the entire surface area of the United States to find us. Let this be a lesson to the Hollywood people. And I've got, I've got, stay tuned also for my last week's Fool, this week's Tool award coming up. Let this further be a lesson to the Hollywood wackos, whether they're Ashley Judd talking about her nasty, how nasty she is in her nasty sheets, or whether it's Meryl Streep, you know, bad-mouthing, you know, Donald Trump and Trump supporters, or this fool who thinks that he's going to go and hide himself somewhere and, you know, attack people. Let this be a lesson to you, Hollywood people. You're only as good as you can read somebody else's words that somebody else thought of and wrote down on a piece of paper, okay? That's all y'all got going for you. You ain't got nothing else. Hey, thanks for calling in, Eric. Love you. People are, yeah, thank you. Bye. All right. Um, yeah, Shia LaBeouf. Hollywood, the crazy people. Um, what, did you have something you wanted to add, DJ Lumberjack? I was just going to say the last good thing he was in was in that movie Holes. Remember Holes? That was like 15 years ago. Yeah, I was saying, I mean, he hasn't done anything good since. No, the, he hasn't. I won't bring up the last Indiana Jones. Oh, oh yeah. 
was terrible. Oh, that was another topic idea somebody had. Adam Sostrin said, we should discuss whether or not there should be an, an Indiana Jones 5. I beg of you. I beg of you, Harrison Ford, take your Geritol, stay off the TV, the movie screen, and stay out of the cockpit of airplanes, okay? We beg of you, Harrison Ford, okay? Um, here's a story coming out of California that, um, that was a, another suggestion from a listener. What they're trying to do in California, you know, they've taken over the school systems, they've, ta- they've taken over the indoctrination of uh, young adults through the education system uh, at higher, at colleges and universities. Another way now that they're trying to use the young as a way to try to transform America from a constitutional republic to one of Marxism is now in California, there is new legislation presented by Assemblyman Evan Lowe that uh, an amendment to California's constitution that would drop the voting age from 18 to 17. See that, you know, doesn't that say it all about the Democrats? They got it. They got to go younger and younger and dumber and dumber to try to maintain their base. This is, you know, um, do, should 17 year old there, he says here, young people are our future. Lowering the voting age will help them get a voice in the Democrat process and instill a lifelong habit of voting. Yeah. Voting for Democrat. You know, now, had I been able to vote at 17, I'm telling you, I would have voted Republican. But you cannot convince me that somebody at 17 should have any voice in our voting system. They care. That, and, but you know what? I might consider that if they were also going to maybe, you know, I might compromise here and say, well, how about some uh, voter ID laws? Because we know that 17-year-olds in Wisconsin voted illegally. Supposedly, they thought because since you can register at 16 and 17 to be able to vote when you're 18, that that meant that they could vote. But there's no voter fraud going on, right, Democrats? This is so ridiculous, 17-year-olds. I wouldn't even let a 17-year-old, not a 17-year-old in this, in this country right now, 17-year-olds in the greatest generation, that time frame, yeah, maybe. 17-year-olds now, I wouldn't let them dog sit my dog, okay? No 17-year-old would be allowed to babysit Bo let alone vote. This is just more Democrats just trying to ensure a a voting block. Also coming up in California, and I want to get your impression on this, DJ Lumberjack. Um, The left loves to use identity politics and, um, you know, divide us and pander to the lowest common denominator for power, Um, but they don't like to live under the principles. Uh, And that leads me to my next story, which is in California and Washington, restaurants are adding a tip line for the cook. DJ Sticks. Did you ever work in a restaurant? No, no, I didn't. I worked, I put myself through college as a waitress, as a cocktail waitress, and also as a food server. And at no point did I ever consider myself having server privilege. Because when you read what they're saying as the justification for this, it, it's as a result, uh, they're saying that there is a, quote, earnings gap between cooks and servers. See, I didn't know how privileged I was to have to stand on my feet for eight hours, busting my hump, wearing my back out, serving people for less than minimum wage, only for tips. I had no idea that when the cooks were making a salary that I, and that I didn't get, that I was somehow advantaged to them. Because if I was willing to put up with the crap that I put up with from, from customers for tips, that that somehow made me advantaged. No, you read further and you realize that what this is really about, as they say, it comes as a result of, quote, regulatory changes and increased labor costs. See, what's happening is they voted in mandatory minimum wage, which then causes uh, up the line, increased in labor costs. It's putting businesses out of businesses and closing down restaurant chains here in California and Washington. So now what ends up happening, liberal voters? You end up paying for it. 
You end up paying for it either in lower jobs or you end up having to pay for it out of your pocket. There is no earnings gap. I'm going to continue to give my compliments to the chef. Next time I go to, you know, uh, Chipotle, I will give my compliments to the food line workers. I will say thank you for rolling up my big burrito. That's going to be your tip. Anything you want to add before I move on there? Well, you kind of said uh, those those line cooks are the ones that are really like hustling back there. Well, they are, but you know what? They're hustling for an hourly hourly wage. If they want to make more than that, they can come out. They can strap on the the uh, waistband band thing that I used to do. I used to have to wrap my wrist in my my girlfriends did too in. Um, Uh, ace bandages to support my wrist because it would be so sore by the end of the night carrying trays especially when we did three for one drinks and we'd be we'd carry that tray over our head that tray could weigh sometimes 30 pounds loaded up with drinks i don't want to hear any complaints from any lion cook back there sweating because he's scrambling an egg you want you want to you you feel like there's a earnings gap you get out there and work the floor there's what I want to say about that. Now, on to, may, you know what? Maybe I should nominate any cook out there complaining that there's some gap between him and, and servers out there. Maybe I should nominate them for last week's Fool This Week's Tool Award. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I don't want to upset the cooks out there. Well, I know, because then I might get served a sneezer. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't be saying this on the Andrea K. Show. I don't know. Okay. On to last. There were so many nominees, though, for last week's Fool This Week's Tool. But I had to go with an actress who was in one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. I, I wish that I could get the two hours back. I don't even remember the name of it. It starred Bill Murray. And one of the scenes that went on for like 12 minutes was her walking through snow. That's all that was in this. It was, it was, uh, I, you should Google that for me, DJ Carrots. Lost in translation. Oh my gosh, that's it. I, it was almost as bad as The Piano. Almost as bad, which is my worst movie ever. Lost in translation. If it hadn't been for my hot tamales, large hot dog, and large tub of popcorn, as well as my red vines, I might not have made it through that movie because really that was the only thing that got me through it. So Scarlett Johansson, uh, she gets my last week's full this week's tool award for her, quote, complicity in the denigration of a woman whose only crime as a woman appears to be that she's the daughter of Donald J. Trump. Because there's nobody doing skits about Chelsea Clinton and denigrating her and demeaning her and defaming Chelsea Clinton. I also, she's, uh, Johansson is also last week's fool, this week's tool for her complicity and the stupidity of liberal women who have a much bigger problem with Ivanka and her fashion line than they do with um, Islam that would love to cut off Scarlett Johansson's genitals for her own good, by the way, and would stone Scarlett Johansson for being raped. And by the way, Scarlett Johansson, you're complicit in every bit of that happening, this happening right now in this country, because you're speaking out and you're denigrating Ivanka instead of denigrating what's happening to women in the name of Islam. One of the best quotes I heard was Rachel Campos Duffy the other day who said, if the March for Women was really about human rights for women, they would have marched themselves in front of the Saudi Arabian embassy and every other, and care, they would have refused to stand on the stage with anybody who had anything to do with the Muslim Brotherhood and care. And they certainly wouldn't have had anything to do with Linda Sarsour, who's promoting Sharia in this country. And what's involved in Sharia? Female genital mutilation, honor killings, stony women for being raped, murder of gay people. There's a video going around right now of a woman on, uh, I think it, I, I, I don't know if it was Al Jahira TV or whatever, where she's explaining that it's okay in Islam for a man to beat his wife as long as he doesn't leave any marks on her. 
And as long as he's got at least a 5%, it's very detailed, at least a 5% chance that he can reform her. If he doesn't think he can reform his wife and make her be better, because that's, that's what, why it's okay, then he shouldn't hit her. He shouldn't beat her. And it's never okay to leave red marks. If he does and leaves bruises, then he's got to pay some money to the local imam. Not her. He ain't giving her any money. No, he's got he's to pay money to, I guess, the local mosque. So Scarlett Johansson is more than a fool and a tool to me. She's far worse. Now, on to my hero of the week. Um, this comes to me from um, my goddaughter. She made this suggestion. It's Hyper, Hyperline News and somebody named Derek Muncy, who I'd never heard before. It's, it's kind of like a Waters World segment. And he went around videotaping all these Betsy DeVos haters. Oh, they hate that Betsy DeVos. She's, quote, grossly unqualified. I mean, their reasons for hating her come straight out of Rachel Maddow's show. Not sure how she got elected. She, <laughs> she wasn't elected, young people. These were college kids, by the way. Um, she doesn't care about public ed- education, uh, on and on and on. Yeah. When he starts sharing with them, he goes, you know what? I've got some ideas here. What do you think about this? He goes, I think that a zip code should not determine a child's future. Do you agree with that? They're like, oh yeah, that's just brilliant. He goes, I think that there should be vouchers and that kids, no matter where they come from, should be able to go to school. Oh yeah. Choice is so much better. Then they come to find out that every bit of that, especially the, a zip code should not determine a child's future came right from Betsy DeVos. So... Hat tip to him for showing the liberal stupidity and the complicity of these young liberals in the nonsense going on here. So hat tip to him. He's my hero of the week. And thank you all for being here. Thanks to my amazing guest, Dr. Sebastian Gorka from the White House, Gerard Lamero for keeping us positive about Obamacare, and all you out there for listening. Thank you so much. Love you all. More Andrea Kish. Oh, by the way, I'm going to be on Bill Martinez Live every Wednesday morning from now on, 745 Pacific Time, doing a water cooler pop culture segment. So I'm going to have information on Facebook tonight about that. Love you all. Have a great night.